If you're a local government enthusiast who's looking for fresh conversations over a hot cup of morning coffee or tea or while you're driving or walking the dog, you do you. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Local Gov Cafe podcast, hosted by Susan Gardner and Ann Mitchell. This podcast is devoted to having conversations that matter, covering the full menu of municipal topics. You'll discover guests who bring insight and inspiration to the issues that drive and challenge communities. We'll be talking with leaders in policy, practice, consulting, and academia to put a spotlight on civic government and the people who make it all happen at the local level. Good morning, Susan, and how are you today? I'm good, Anne. I've got my uh, hot cup of tea here and... uh, ready to roll. How are you doing? I have my ice cap and I'm ready to go. (laughs) Sounds good. So tell me, Susan, what do we have on the menu at the cafe this morning? Well, joining us in the cafe today is uh, someone who's going to be a well-known name to CAOs and city managers across the country. She's the executive director of CAMA, the Canadian Association of Municipal Administrators. CAM, of course, is a national network for professional senior administrators in local government, and their mandate is building better municipalities together. Our guest is Jennifer Goodine. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for the opportunity. We're really excited to have you here. Yes, and it's been so nice to see Jennifer in um, on Zoom this morning, but we meet her in person at conferences across the country. And I'm always interested, Jennifer, in how you got involved in local government. And what was it that, first of all, got you involved in local government? But then what was it that kept you there throughout your career? Well, it was actually by accident. Uh, I don't think we ever, any of us, end up where we're supposed to be in life without something taking place. So I was fresh out of college and uh, I needed to get some work experience. So I applied for a temporary services agency in Fredericton. And lo and behold, the city clerk's office with the city of Fredericton was looking for a committee clerk. Um, So it was just a temporary position, actually, for six months. Um, so I went for six months. They threw me right into the council chamber, um, started taking minutes right off, uh, standing committees and council meetings and um, looking after councillors. Um, and then my term came to an end. So I left, uh, went to the private industry for nine months and the job position came back up the exact same one I was doing permanently. So I was successful in that position. Um, And I went back and I was there for 27 years um, as the committee clerk for about three more years after I went back. And then I went to work as the executive assistant to the CAO. Um, And then another few years after that, um, they gave me the mayor also to look after. So I was the office administrator to the CAO and mayor, which was a great job looking after the administration side and also the elected official side, very interesting job. And about a year ago, um, I decided with the longtime CAO retiring, the deputy CAO retiring, and a municipal election, the timing was right uh, for me to focus just on camera and have more of a work-life balance. So local government became my passion over those many years. And it's kind of a, a joke that I don't have children. So 
the city became my first male and child very quickly. And then Camo was my second child. Um, so it was great. Uh, and now I still get to work, of course, with a number of CIOs from coast to coast, which is also wonderful. I find it interesting because I always say, Jennifer, that I don't have children. I have counselors instead, but I sure as heck wouldn't have had seven. (laughs) (laughs) What was your first impression when you walked in there as an intern and not really knowing much about local government? And there you were all of a sudden doing minutes and all that type of thing. What do, do you remember kind of what you thought right at the very beginning? It was very intimidating, like it is for any, I was, I was 18 years old. Um, so I was, like I say, thrown into the council meetings and you had to learn, of course, about local government. You know, I didn't know anything about it, but I think what happened along the way is I had a really good city clerk. Um, she was tough and that was good. And, you know, you learn from your mistakes and taking minutes, uh, it's not for everybody, um, and I learned very quickly how how you had to make sure you got all of the notes down, all of the resolutions down as it became a public record. Um, so that was uh, interesting. And I mean, there was times when I had directors say, uh, well, Jennifer, that's not what I said. Uh, you know, so you learn from those mistakes uh, very quickly. But the city clerk's office, I would say, is one of the best places to start your career because you touch every piece of you know paper that goes through that city from start to finish. You work with all of the departments and you get to know them. So it was an excellent experience for my first one in local government. It's a real uh, case of uh, baptism by fire, I would say, <laughs> being thrown into that role. And I think it's funny how so many of us, like you said, end up in uh, you know where we're supposed to be kind of almost by accident, a turn of events that takes us there. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of the, it's one of the wonderful things in life, if you're lucky enough to have that. So that's a great story. Now, in any, any, uh, any career, there's always uh, challenges and opportunities. Maybe can you tell us about some of the challenges and opportunities that are facing uh, city managers and CAOs right now in local government? Yeah, absolutely. So um, maybe I'll focus a little bit about what's most exciting about about local government, and then maybe I'll get into the challenges. And we always have to talk about the good first, right? So I always say in local government, what is there not to like? Um, because when when you're an employee and public service, it's I feel it's an adventure every day. Uh, every day is different. You never know what's going to take place. Um, I really enjoyed working with the elected officials and learning what they go through every day because the difference between now and 25 years ago when I started was they go through a lot. They have a lot more pressure nowadays times 10 with the social media out there. So I always tried to help them, you know, with all of the problems they have on a daily basis with their constituents. So I really enjoyed uh, working with them. And I often thought I'd really love to write a book someday, kind of like you, Anne, um, about some of the experiences I had on working on the front line as a gatekeeper during political chaos, um, because local government is that got that level of government that's closest to the people. So you're able to solve somebody's problems almost instantly and not go through several layers. 
Um, I love dealing with the public and putting those smiles on their faces. Uh, we talk about KPIs and performance metrics. And I think the KPI for local government is how many smiles do you put on faces um, every day? Because we would in the mayor's office have all walks of life, you know, from royalty, the international visiting dignitary, um, the meeting planner, the businessman or woman that comes in. And we also had homeless people, you know, and you took that 20 minutes to listen to that person. Everyone's got a story and you really do have gratitude in your own life um, because what they're going through. And, you know, anyone that knows me knows I'm a, I'm a crier. And, you know, did I cry with some of those people some days? You know, you bet I did, uh, you know, listening to them. But every day was different. And you learn sometimes those simplest gestures, you know, meant the most to people. So you went home knowing that um, you made a difference in someone's day. And I think that's because it is the closest to the people. Um, you know, uh, some of the other rewarding things are when you drive around your own community, you you see the potholes that were fixed. Um, you see the new community centers that are going up and you know that you had a part in that, whether it was uh, helping set up the meeting with the mayor for the grant funding um, or took that complaint from the citizen about that pothole. You know, you were behind the scenes and that's what makes uh, a community work. Um or uh, I was thinking, you know, things like a flood, all the emergencies that take place um, every day. And the team comes together in municipal government. And it's amazing how if there were silos and departments, how these corporate events will bring everyone together. And everyone always worked so well together. Um, going into the challenges, I think one of the most challenges for anybody going into local government, and even if you've been there for a while, is the political side. Um, that's challenging at times for anyone because you've got to read between the lines in that gray area. Um, and to learn that, I learned that over time through coaching, watching my mentors, you know, how did they deal with that situation? So I would recommend to any younger person or any person to always have a mentor and learn from them. And every decision I made every day, I had to ask a few questions. You know, the first one was, how is this going to affect the mayor or the CAO? How is it going to affect the organization in the city? And is this one wrong decision gonna make a huge mess, which we know can blow up very quickly. Um, so, you know, I always had to ask those questions before I moved forward on making that decision on behalf of the mayor or the CAO. The other challenge, I think, and it's a plug I always like to put in for the executive assistants, because their role, they're gatekeepers, they're confidants, they're the ears and eyes, they're the problem solvers before the problems even get to the bosses. And I sometimes think that their role is taken for granted by, you know, colleagues, citizens, elected officials across the country. So, um, one of the most important things to me was to provide great customer service, because if you're a frontline person, you've probably heard many times when someone's calling, they're upset. I pay your salary, you know, like I heard that many times. But you know what? They're right. 
they do pay our salaries and they deserve to have an answer and they deserve to have it quickly. So I always had a bias towards yes. Um, and finding a solution as what, as long as I wasn't breaking any policies or rules, you know, if you follow the policy, you can never go wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, they're happy and, and way they go. It's another good day. That's a great, uh, that's a great KPI. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see if maybe that shows up in some uh, some annual reports that we see coming in the future. You know, how many smiles were put on uh, the faces of the public? That's great. I love it. You know, and that's so true, Jennifer. You know, that's a piece that a lot of people don't talk about is that's why we do it. We can affect change. We can see it happening immediately and we can get the public get through to the public so quickly. So what would you tell young people who are considering a career in local government? What kind of advice would you give them? And what would you say, uh, moving forward? Why get into local government at all? The first thing I would say is it's an extremely satisfying job, you know, based on the things I've already talked about this morning. Um, but, you know, we've got a lot of CAOs across the country that started out as students and they worked their th through, way through up throughout the organization doing several jobs before they got to the top. Um, so, you know, again, it's that level of government that there's it typically is very little bureaucracy. Uh, depends on where you work, of course, but you can get things done quickly. Um, and right now, we're actually seeing, as I know both of you know, an abundance of municipal job postings across the country. And I don't think that's any different than any other segment of a Canadian community or Canadian economy or any other jobs out there. The labor shortage in municipal government is real and it's acute. Um, and it's especially hard to track people to the stressful jobs, including CAOs. Um, so it's more and more important to, you know, get the word out there that it is a satisfying job. And we need to encourage it that it's a good career. And I also think the larger centers are experiencing the same thing as the smaller centers in, in finding people. But once you get into local government, no matter the age you are, you need to find that mentor and you need to try different things in the organization and get involved corporately. And that's where you learn how, you know, just exciting it is. And maybe there's different jobs after you're a student you'd like to do. Um, so very, very important. And I think we need to do a, a better job at trying to get those younger folks involved so that they even know the different levels of government and the services each of those provide. That's so true. And I like the um, interim programs across the country because I do think that's a stepping stone to get people to just even understand. There's a lot of people who don't like wake up in the morning and go, hey, I want to go work in local government because we need to do a better job of educating for sure. And I think there is a, a bit of a misconception as well that, you know, perhaps you need to have a a degree in political science or something like that. But the truth is that, you know, uh, just about any discipline you are studying out there, uh, local government has some sort of job that is related to that, you know, whether it's engineering or administration or, you know, planning, uh, all of those things, uh, you know, communications, you can find a job uh, connected to that in local government. 
Absolutely. Camo's uh, well known for its uh, toolkits for a variety of things. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and uh, maybe give us an example of uh, one of those toolkits and how that works? Absolutely. So uh, about five years ago with our strategic plan back then, uh, we produced eight toolkits um, since that time. Um, And what the board does when we look at topics for toolkits is we actually look at the life cycle of the CEO. And as we know, it starts by the topic we were just referring to, how to get the next generation involved. Then you have to look at, let's mentor um, our successors, those managers, directors, or even frontline employees that would like to be CAOs. And then we support the CAO throughout their career with these resources. And then, of course, some of our retired members, they love staying involved in local government, whether they're consultants or, you know, they're volunteering for things with our association. So we like to support them the best we can as well. The very first toolkit that we started was the CAO Performance Evaluation Toolkit, which is one of the most important um, because every CAO deserves to have a performance evaluation, which not only helps the CAO uh, bringing them feedback, but it also helps with council and their strategic planning, their council priorities to make sure it's all lining up and things are getting done. We've heard feedback over the years of this first toolkit that we did that it's too difficult, it's too comprehensive um, for both the CAO and council. So right now uh, we're doing a review to make it a more simple, lighter tool um, that we hope uh, that will be better for both parties. And we plan on launching that in the fall. Um, Just to touch a bit on the other ones, we have a council orientation toolkit, which will come in handy this year because we do have five elections across um, Canada. We've got BC, Ontario, Manitoba, PEI, and the city of Yellowknife. Um, so in that, there's some checklists for staff on incoming and, elect- incoming and outgoing elected officials, things you need to do for the swearing-in ceremony. And a lot of it is about your CAO building the team with council. As you know, every three to four years, you've got a new team coming on. So that one's a great one as well. The political acumen toolkit, that one by far is one of my favorite resources um, because, again, there's real life stories and case studies in that toolkit about things that have gone wrong for mayors and CAOs. And that's really good for any municipal employee. The Making Life Happen Toolkit is the one um, that we talk about for the next generation. There's a lot of tools in there for CAOs if they're going to high schools, universities, promoting local government. Um, There's some PowerPoints in there about exactly what kinds of things local government does, you know, the potholes, the clean water. Um, So that's teaching the younger generation about what local government is. The Employment Contract Toolkit, is uh, very important as well. And that's for your seasoned CAO that's had a few jobs or the one, uh, you know, deputy CAO or someone that's moving up through the ranks. That that contract is the very first piece that's very important for every CAO and council. And the latest one we did was the HR toolkit, which is meant for cities of all sizes that have an HR department or don't have an HR department. So um, that has over 200 best practices in it of policies and templates across the country that our members helped us have. And then one of um, the toolkit for the right questions to ask, this is a very interesting one because every local government administrator isn't born one as Anne alluded to. 
And the things you have to do is ask the right questions. And it's for the new CAO or the minted CAO, when they're getting to know their counselors, they're getting to know their staff, asking the right questions about how departments operate. Um, and also, um, there's also questions in there for the executive management team, what their CAO may ask them. And then last but not least, we've got our members in transition toolkit. And that's a tough one because uh, when a CAO experiences any turmoil in their job, there's a lot of emotions that immediately go on. Um, you know, this has some things in it to look for pre-transition, you know, when you know something's not quite right with your council, when you're going through a transition, and then the post-transition, how that healing begins. And there's some resources in there to help. And we try to help all of our members when they're going through that. Those are some really valuable tools for sure and covering a wide range. So some of these tools are intended for members, but some of them are open. Is that correct? That's correct, Susan. So the, the four toolkits that are for public use is our Making Life Happen campaign one, recruiting the next generation, the political acumen, because we wanted to make sure that um, elected officials could read it as well. Uh, the evaluation toolkit, because we want to make sure that's done um, for CAOs and councils. And the council orientation toolkit is also, it's also public and they're all on the front page of our website under CAMA toolkits. And some of them have special buttons. The ones that are in the member section that are just for members are the employment toolkit, the HR toolkit, the questions toolkit, um, and the members in transition toolkit. Thanks, Jennifer. And I know a lot of these toolkits were your baby, but they are so helpful as somebody who is a CAO and a CAMA member. I've used them extensively, so I'm really happy about that. I just had a follow-up question, too, to something you said earlier, that you were doing both jobs. And how is it now that you've transitioned to just CAMA, and how are you feeling about that? That's a good question, and it's an exciting question, actually, Anne, because um, after a year, um, it's it's really good. You know, I said to the board when I was doing both jobs, I really didn't know how much time CAMA took or the city took because it was all into one. But I've provided myself with a better work-life balance, still working on that, and that's important to anybody in local government, especially CAOs. Um, but it's really, it's gratifying just to put all of my energy into my, I guess it's my second baby, but now my first baby. That's good to hear. And I just love it because that's why Susan and I got together and started doing this podcast. People like you are so passionate about local government. And that's why I think people should get into it. You mentioned the team and how the team comes together. And there's really nothing else like it, is there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you see, I mean, in Fredericton, we had several, we have a flood every year, most of the time, right? So your EOC center is activated. Unfortunately, four years ago, we had a shooting of two of our police officers and, and two civilians. Uh, the anniversary was actually just this week, August 10th. And it was amazing to see during that time, how sad it was for the community, the officers, all of the employees, but we had to pull together a regimental funeral in a week and everybody stepped up to the plate. It was, it was really amazing to see. And uh, that's what cities do. Um, they help each other out um, in times of need. And the other thing you develop is a corporate family. You know, if somebody's sick or a family member's sick, you know, 
everybody is the first one to um, step up to the plate and we get food baskets together and donations. And it just really is a great camaraderie. It really is. Is there anything that you you have to add, Jennifer, any uh, insight as to what's, what's on the horizon for CAMA? We just actually uh, embarked on a new strategic plan for the next five years, which is great. Um, we've got a lot of things coming down the pipe there. Uh, one of the first one, which is, of course, very near and dear to my heart, is we're writing a toolkit for executive CA assistance to the CAO. Good. I'm working with a subcommittee across the country of executive assistance, and we're pulling this together and developing it. And it's for this the new EA or one that's coming in from the private um, service, but it's also for the CAO of how they can utilize their EAs better. So that's exciting. Um, and then we have a toolkit committee that we're looking at what ones we're going to develop over the next five years. And of course, we're all excited to get back to our annual conference in person. So that will be very exciting. After four years, it'll be uh, Deerhurst, uh, May 29th to the 31st of 2023. Mark, everyone should mark their calendars and we hope it's the biggest and best yet. I'm sure it will be. Thank you so much, Jennifer. We appreciate the time and we will see you soon. Thanks for joining us in the Local Gov Cafe. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it on social media or tell a friend. And we hope you'll join us next time as we welcome our next guest. You won't want to miss it.